everybody, I'm Jeff, and this is Casual Chats in a Parallel Universe. My dad and I have been having daily conversations about family, history, life lessons, movies, news, music, and more. Now we are sharing these chats with you. So welcome to our podcast, and we hope you enjoy. We're back. How about if we do a parallel universe? Okay. You want? How about if we just figure there there was a different shift? There are different the, the different paths that you can take. Okay. What what would have happened? Alternate, you know, alternate. Sure. In an alternate timeline. Well, what could have happened to you? To me or to your sister? Maybe I wouldn't have existed. No. Oh, you. you so I'm still here. Definitely would have existed. Okay. So this is because there would post birth. Yeah, I mean the alt, <laughs> the alternate universe would have been what would have happened if uh, if this guy had never walked into my office, Bill. Yeah. Or what would have happened had uh, the other gentleman given you the money? Yeah, lots of I mean, uh, where would where would that lots have gone? of I mean what would it what, what, it would have it would have what was your trajectory it, though if it, if it would Bill have eventually it would have not mattered whether he came up with the money or not because what ultimately happened after our deal cratered is that the breed developer the guy that created beefalo this guy bud bisolo was his name he was selling beef in california and he ran out of beefalo beef and he still wanted he was making a lot of money off of it and so what he did was is instead of telling people they'd have to wait you know he was he started selling regular old beef that had been obtained from Holstein cows, you know, hamburger. Mm-hmm. And uh, the authorities in California caught him. And so the whole situation with him went down the tube because he was criminally charged by the state of California. And it caused the federal government to review the whole situation with beefalo beef and allowing people to promote that product separately from regular beef. Right. And so the federal government withdrew the ability to market the beef separately. And that killed the whole deal. Oh. So actually, it wouldn't have mattered in the long run. Just one of those things that... Well, I mean, then then the other guy might have actually shot you guys. Had he not? Might have. Had, had, and then, had he lost everything. But see, you would have still been around. I, well, yeah. Fa- uh, fatherless. So only I would have been that, gone. That wouldn't have been a good situation. No. Nah. Well, you never know. I mean, maybe mom would have been happy. I don't know at that point. <laughs> she was so fed up with everything. Yeah, that she was. Right. No, that she was. I don't think she would have been happy. Nah. I think, well, I think one thing that... I feel like has always been important is family specifically to our family. Yeah. That, you know, we, at at the end of the day, I mean, and of course, you know, I say this and, and I haven't talked to my sister in, uh, what, five years, six years, whatever. Um, uh, uh, but at the end of the day that, that family is, is the most, important thing 
is is one of in in life. Right. Is 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 important. And and I don't know where where that started. I don't know if that started, you know, if you if you felt that uh uh you know, my grandparents, your parents instilled that in your in your family dynamic. Uh I know mom has always been a big proponent that she likes to have you know, family around she, and of course, you know, through the years, even as, you know, her children left, she continued to want to have a home that invited the family to come back. Right. And, uh, well, friends and family, friends and family were always paramount to, in your mother's life. That was extremely important. And I, you know, I mean, from, my family, I wouldn't say necessarily from my father, but my, you know, I'm my mother's family. You know, we were always very close with, always enjoyed, you know, being with my grandmother. And uh, I mean, she, you know, she died you know, relatively early in my life. My my grandmother, my mom's uh, mother. Um, I never even knew my grandfather. He died before I was born, and my grandfather. My, All on on Nana's side. Yeah, yeah. But even my grandfather on my dad's side uh, died when I was four, I think four or five. Oh wow! So I really, I mean, I do have some recollection of him, but not really. Uh, so, and I didn't really. My grandparents, my grandmothers. Both grandmothers lived elsewhere. You know, they didn't live in Jacksonville, although, you know, they would visit. But, I mean, family was important from the standpoint that we were more close-knit because our extended family all lived in Philly. Right. So, you know, family was important. The nuclear family was was important because that's what, that's all there was, effectively. Right. So, I think from... Mom's side, um, family was also, in, you know, very important. Probably more so than me. She was, you know, being she was an only only child, meaning she was the only child in her on her mother's side of the family. Period. Oh, none of there were no. Well, yeah, Anna Anna, Del, Anna, yeah. yeah, did not right. have any children, and of course. You know, they only had, uh, your grandparents only had the one child. Right. So she was an only, only child. So that's why family meant so much to her is because she. There was nothing. There was nothing except for, you know, her and her family. She, her grandfather lived, her grandfather lived with her in, in their house. So she was, all of that was extremely important to her hmm. because she didn't have any siblings. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And then, you know, Lisa and I came along. And oh, yeah. Had a, of course. Even, I mean, yeah. did mom always want want children? Was that a big thing or that was just, it was just a sign of the times? It was just like no, you, you mean, get married, you have kids is kind of a. Well, I think maybe was, you'd have to ask her. I mean, I, I no, I mean, it, it was pretty did you much want kids. Day rego- oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. We talked about it. I mean, it wasn't an accident. <laughs> that we had, that we had kids. It was it was intentional. Right. It was intentional that that was the idea. 
is it was to have a family. And, um, yeah, we, the family got started in, in Philly, you know, my first, I mean, we clearly didn't want to have children before I graduated from law school. Right. It was a conscious, uh, decision not to have kids. Luckily, I mean, the, the, um, the pill had been developed, you know, in that decade. So no, I mean, it's, it, it is, it's, it's a big deal. It was really, um, an ability to, to plan. Right. Uh, much, much better in, you know, after uh, the pill was invented, the contraceptive pill. And uh, because then you could really, with some effectiveness, plan when you wanted to have a family sure. and when you didn't. So because of that, we, we made the conscious decision to uh, not have a family until we had an income and uh, we could afford it. So Philadelphia... And mom, I think part of it was uh, mom had never been by herself, meaning she'd never been alone, alone. She always was with somebody. Gotcha. Either with me or friends or, you know, that type of thing. So she always had been with somebody. Right. So when I, my, when, when we first moved to Philadelphia... I had to leave for two weeks for a training course in Pittsburgh. And she didn't say anything to me. She never mentioned a word. You know, I said, well, you know, I've got to leave for this. And, okay. Sure. She didn't mention anything. And then it came out later that that was the first time that she had ever been by herself. She had a good friend, you know, Carol Baker, that we had met, you know, but this was a new relationship. But she was by herself. So, you know, at night after, you know, she'd spend time with Carol during the day, when she went up to the apartment, there wasn't nobody there but her. Sure. So she was, she was, it, I think it really upset her. And I had no, never mentioned a word to me. Right. Until I got back. And uh, there were some, you know, things that happened. Uh, she couldn't get in touch with me. It was a weird Situation when uh, I was at the University of Pittsburgh and we were in a dorm, me and a bunch of other guys were there on this retreat. And uh, unfortunately, the phone number that they had given to the wives didn't work. So mom was trying to get hold of me and she couldn't. She was just petrified. Right. But didn't find that out until I got back. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you talk about what I find most interesting about is you talk about parallel universes, you know, obviously the the title to our podcast is it, it reminds me of, I mean, so Stacy and I, my wife, Stacy and I, we didn't quite choose the same thought process when it, when it came to having kids. I think, I think Stacy was ready to have kids before we were even married. She, she, she wanted kids. And I mean, she's, she's a, a natural caregiver and a fantastic mother. So it makes sense. I think it was always, and she, but, but to that, uh, she, she's an only child. Right. And, um, uh, I mean, her, her mother's not, was, didn't come from the same place that mom came from. She had, she had three sisters and her mom was the oldest of, of three. And so there was, so, so there was family there, but they, but they also have a tremendous family dynamic. And uh, family means a lot to them, too. 
what I find interesting is, is so, you know, it was a similar, I, I remember, you know, we got pregnant with Sarah and moved out of the uh, quote unquote porn palace. <laughs> yes. Little sidebar. We had a place in uh, California, the first apartment that, that Stacy and I moved into. And um, I, I thought the apartment was fun because it had a little heater that, had a rotating log that lit up. And so that, that was my big draw to the apartment. It was like this wood panel wall and this old looking heater. And when you flipped on the heater, the, this log like rotated and lit up. And I thought it was, I thought it was cool. So we moved into this place and we kept finding some odd things around the place. And, and uh, to make a long story Wasn't short, there a hook in the ceiling or something. There were footprints, footprints on the, on the ceiling. ceiling of the bedroom right. that we were in, which is weird because it was like a vaulted ceiling. So right. how the hell did you get footprints up there? You know, who knows? Um, and the landlord was strange. And somehow, some way, I was not there. And this was after we became pregnant with Sarah. And Stacy had talked to there was a woman who lived in a front unit and she was looking for a roommate and the front unit was much larger. I think it was like three bedrooms uh, where ours was only two bedrooms with one bath. I think that was three bedrooms, two bath. And she was looking for a roommate or maybe two to, to help her, you know, pay for rent. And Stacy was like, well, we're looking for a new place because we're pregnant. And we, she's like, would you want to trade? Like maybe we could just trade apartments. And the woman was like, Oh no, She's like, do you know what went on inside that apartment? And Stacy's like, no, what, what went on? And she told her that they used to shoot porno out of the apartment. There you go. And that they, she would used to go dump trash and there would be mattresses stacked up by hey. the dumpster, used, used mattresses that they used to use. Did you ever see your apartment? In, well, in so, of so of course, hearing this, I mean, I had to investigate further. And uh, sure enough, uh, well, it was fun. So it was funny. We would get these odd catalogs like for like sex toys and and like batteries. And and there was a name, a production name on the catalog. Um uh, coming to our apartment. So after I'd heard, I mean, we used to toss them in the trash, just like whatever, you know, didn't really think twice about it. Um, so I researched the name and uh, westcoastgangbangs.com <laughs> was the uh, the website and went on. And sure enough, how I knew it was our apartment was by the fireplace, oh. by the heater that I thought the was so rotating cool. log heater. It was in the background of one of the one of the uh, porn one of the scenes that I <laughs> showed Stacy. And there you go. Uh, after that, we had to get out of the apartment as quickly as possible. Yes, there you go. I mean, I thought it was kind of cool, you know, that we were living in a piece of Hollywood memorabilia. Uh, uh, Stacy did not share. She didn't share that. In that that thought process. Gotcha. So we, and, and Stacy had wanted the carpets to be replaced before we moved in and the landlord wouldn't do it. Oh. So there's no telling what, what was there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we moved out of that apartment and moved into another house in California. And, um, for, for the listeners, you know, uh, jumping ahead quite a bit in my life, I, I graduated with a degree in film and television and moved out to LA at, 
at one point and uh, lived out there for 10 years and, and worked on a ton of reality shows doing camera work. And uh, um, I, so in the midst of all this, I would travel a lot. And uh, so when Stacy was, we had moved into a new house and not long after I moved in, I got a job that was going to be, you know, going to help us out with quite a bit of money. I was, but I was going to be gone for a long period of time. I think it was, it was two, two months, like eight, eight weeks or something like that. Yeah. But you're traveling, you were traveling weeks at a time. No, no, no. This was, this was a different show. So I was on the road literally yeah, for eight but weeks. But I meant in just in general, your work was, you were gone a lot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. At this point I was traveling quite a bit yeah. because I was just taking whatever I could get. So I remember she wrote me, you know, she made this little booklet for me and I could go through how, you know, the weeks and at this week, the baby would be this, that, and oh, the other. And that's sweet. So that was, of course, Stacy was always very, yeah. and still is very thoughtful like that. Um, uh, but it was kind of her first time being alone in Los Angeles where she really didn't have any friends. Uh, you know, she had a few friends from the place she used to work at or did work at cause she was still, she was working while she was pregnant, but, but you know, really not a huge amount of support. I mean, most of the people, right. most people that she was friends with were the wives of my friends. So did she let you know that when you got back? Well, so, th so this is the thing. So, so the difference is, is that obviously there were cell phones at that time. So she could, get in touch oh. with me. Whereas, you know, with you there, there, but I mean, there were times when I was working where, you know, she, Still couldn't she could, yeah, she couldn't, you know, get in touch and she was on her own. And, and I remember at the very end of the trip, I was coming home the next day and, uh, I wanted to surprise her. And I, and I told her that the trip got extended and, she was she was really upset like she was pissed uh at me and um i was like i tried to change my flight but i couldn't and but i ended up so so obviously it was a ruse and i came home and i was at the front door and i called her and i was like um you know she she answered the phone of course it wasn't even like hi it was what and, uh, and, and I, I had stopped and like gotten flowers and you know, right. the whole, the whole nine. Um, and, and, she, and I was like, I'm, I'm really sorry that, and she hung up on me and she was so pissed at me and I called her back and she's like, she didn't answer the phone and I called back again and she's like, look, I don't want to talk right now. And I was like, that's fine, but can you at least come down and open the front door? And she, of course she came down and she was in tears and she was still pissed at me. Did she have, but, a, but did she have a gun? No, 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 there was no gun. No, we, we've never owned a firearm oh, too bad. in our house. Uh, but anyway, and then, then she was happy to see me and everything was good. But the parallel there between you leaving mom and me leaving Stacy is oh, interesting wow. to me because they both are, were only child, both pregnant. Or, or I don't know if mom, she wasn't pregnant, but she, she had, she, she had had Lisa when you had gone away or she was pregnant no, at the time. No, she was not pregnant. Oh, she wasn't. No, okay, she was so. just alone. Right. With 
No, if she if she had had Lisa, oh, oh. it wouldn't. She wouldn't have been alone. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, she was. The, when I say alone, she was alone, all by herself. I mean, she was all by herself. I got you. I which got is you. something she doesn't deal with well. Right. Even now. But I thought the parallels were kind of interesting there. Of how well, I said both it, married women that were only children, and both kind of chose professions. I think with, that there was some travel involved there, where you're kind of leaving your significant other. To fend for themselves when they weren't really in in places that they weren't familiar to them. Well, um, I, as I told you many years ago, I said you married your mother because the parallels between Stacy and your mother there are a huge number of parallels, personality traits, right? That are very very similar. So. Well, it wasn't like I was seeking. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying just not, not coincidentally ended up that that. way. We just, you know, it's the, the, you loved your mother, you know, the, her personality traits were traits that, that you loved and you respected. And sure. And a lot of those traits, you know, because Stacy is family is everything with Stacy. It is. It's, it's, you know. As well with me too. I yeah, mean, I, yeah. I, I, I believe in that. Yeah. You, you went more, you definitely are much, much more like mom and not. In some respects. I think there's yeah, a Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a loner. I don't, I don't, you know, my number of friends that I have, I can count on one hand. Yeah, but I can do that too. It's not a competition. No, it's not a competition. Here. I'm just saying that you're. I, you are much more of a social person than I am. I'm happy to be by myself. I could be by myself all the time. I just, it's not necessary for me to interact with somebody else in order to be happy. I can be on my own. I think you underestimate. No, I'm not me. underestimating. I'm just saying if I no, need I'm to, just... if, if, if I need, I'm not saying I don't enjoy family and I'm just, saying that I'm a loner in my general personality. Yeah. I mean, I have, you know. You're a loner I, too? No, I mean, I have a handful of friends yeah. that, that are, that are you know, that I count as, you know, the people that are close to me. I mean, I don't shy away from social situations, but I do enjoy my alone time. Oh, and okay. I, I feel like, I feel like, um, you know, as any child, I am a a mashup between you and mom. And I feel like there are aspects of me that, yeah, I, I, I am very happy sometimes to just be alone. I could go hike off, you know, I, I spent, you know, when I was, I was just up in Burlington recently visiting my daughter who's now up there uh, and spent a whole day in Burlington by myself, just walking around and really just enjoyed just that aspect of it, you know, being on my own. And and I feel like the, you know, a lot of my wanderlust I get from you, like wanting to, oh, you know, be yeah. able to, That's the, true. The loving to travel and loving to see places and loving to explore and, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. I mean, the, the idea of adventure, I, I really enjoy that. Like, I, I think that's. You think Stacy enjoys that? I think she does, you know, I think she, she does on her terms, enjoys that, uh, as long as she, but she also needs to know that everything else is kind of taken care of as well. 
I don't, I don't feel like she, you know, I feel like when we were younger without kids, I think she'd be all about picking up and just doing whatever. Like we could go anywhere, do anything as we did. But, but once we had children, I feel like that, that all changed. Hmm. That it was, that it was absolutely more about making sure that the kids were taken care of. Right. And being concerned with, you know, and I don't know what, I don't know where that insecurity came for her. But I, I remember we took a trip out after we had moved from LA back to Savannah. We, we went back to LA for a wedding and uh, both Sarah and Max were young and we left them at home. And I don't remember how, how we did it. Or maybe it was just Sarah at the time. I don't remember what, uh, no, no, I might be mixing it all up. But anyway, we ended up at this wedding and it was just a miserable time for her. Yeah. She, she was constantly worried about what was, you know, what was going on. And she just missed the kids, you know, she just, that's where her heart is, you know. And I think it's, I don't know. I, I, you'd have to ask her as to why, yeah. why that's, well, I, I, think, I don't want to put words in her mouth or right. thoughts out there that are, that are not. Well, I think it's a different, there's yeah. a difference between the, just the, the timing of the, the, or the times that we each, you know, grew up in and the way things changed, you know, my, and when, when my parents, I think we talked about this previously, but when my parents got married, whatever the father wanted to do, that's what, that's what ended up happening. If he, generally speaking. If, if the father wanted to do X, then the mother just adjusted and, you know, they did what, and that's kind of the way they worked. I'm not saying they didn't have maybe some discussions, but my father made the decisions and my mother was expected to fall in line. No, just do whatever was necessary to make, to make, make sure that happened. And, you know, when I watched that as a child, that, you know, my dad was in charge. My mother did her thing. That's the way I presumed everything worked. Uh, <laughs> so when when I got married, you know, I'm thinking I'm in charge. And uh, How did that play out for And you? that didn't play out very well. <laughs> I mean, not that mom wanted to be in charge, but, you know, she was in, the first thing that happened was is uh, when we moved into our apartment after we got married, I mean, and cut back from from our honeymoon, moved to uh, well, to uh, married student housing. You know, I I just took my clothes and dropped them on the floor. And your mother said, "What the hell are you doing?" And I said, "You know, I'm just uh, you know put my clothes there. You pick them up and put them in the." She said, "I'm not picking your clothes up." <laughs> because my mother picked up after me and did our wine. She did everything. And I quickly found out uh, things weren't going to work that way. So there was a big adjustment there. Very, very big adjustment. I don't know about your adjustment, but my adjustment was major. Well, you guys came from from completely different family dynamics, too. You came from where your father ruled the roost, and mom came from a dynamic where she had a strong female presence. Her mother ruled the roost. roost. So, of course, she... She looked up and she's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm in charge of what's going on around here in, yeah. in some respect. Which, which made so. for some interesting, 
inner relationships. I'm sure. I'm sure. So that, I mean, that, that kind of dynamic didn't necessarily play out in our, and when Stacy and I were, were getting, you know, to know each other. I mean, we, we didn't live together before we got married. I mean, we dated long distance really. So the times that we were together were, you know, it was always like, these are the best times, you know, we, we, oh, yeah. we because we were apart so much, you know, we yearned to be together. And so when we got married and moved in with each other, yeah, there was definitely some adjustments, you know, cause I lived with five guys in a, in a house. And so I was living, you know, a, a fraternal lifestyle for a long time. Right. Um, and having gone to college and, and, you know, Stacy was doing her thing and living her life. And so, but there were parallels between, uh, like mom and I were high school sweethearts. Right. Not that you weren't a high school sweetheart, but yes. you were friends yeah. with Stacy in high school. Yes. You didn't date, no. but you were friends. We were very good friends. Very, yeah. Very close friends. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there were some parallels there in that you knew her for quite a while and, and then you dated her and things. Right. And then but that was, so there were, there were some interesting parallels between my relationship with your mother and then your relationship yeah. with Stacey. Yeah. Yeah. We made some of the same mistakes. Same mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade anything for where we're at now. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're pushing, you know, the, the middle of our life, you know, 50, pushing 50 now, yeah. both Stacy and I. And, and so uh, she may not have wanted me to say that to our vast audience out there, but now, now, you know, and, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's an interesting time in our lives now. I feel like we're at, we're at some crossroads again, and we got to figure out, you know, how we're going to, how we're going to push forward. Yeah. And I actually, ha I actually had a therapy session for the first time uh, in a long time. Uh, yesterday was was my first therapy session. Wow! So doing a little work on myself. But uh, how does yourself feel about that? I, I mean, I think it's 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 needed. I mean, I think you know, it's. I mean, I feel like I I try to do a lot of things. Um, to to better myself. And I, I feel like that's a necessary step. You know, I feel like you gotta, you know, it, you gotta check under the hood and change the oil and do all the stuff. And, and even just going to your, you know, primary care and doing your blood work and that kind of stuff. There's other, you know, uh, brain related, you know, that isn't, that isn't uh, mechanical. It's more, you know, you gotta, get dig into the the emotion and the psyche yeah and you know make sure you're you're putting things in the right place there you go moving in the right direction you know i mean i want us i want i want us to have a i want us to be happy you know i mean i i that's that's the goal right is to just be happy so I, whatever happiness means right well, for whatever, you yeah whatever you define it to be right is is that so. It's a difficult thing. To for be happy? Oh, no. For some people, happiness is thinking other people have to be happy in order for you to be happy. True. But from what I understand, what I've been told, 
by experts is you can't make anybody happy. You can only create happiness in your own self. And then through that happiness, you can give happiness, right. but you can't. Making, you know, making other people happy is, when you're not happy, is a worthless, worthless deal. Well, you can run yourself into the ground. Yeah, to. I've tried it. I'm sure many people have tried, you know, trying to make somebody else happy and it, you just can't do it. No. First of all, you can't ever really find out what's making somebody else happy because <laughs> sometimes they don't know. And then you're trying to, you know, it's, it turns out to be a circular nightmare trying to figure out what to do. Right. But, and I think it takes, I think married couples go through that all the time is it's, it's a real problem for a husband thinking, you know, either or a wife thinking that, you know, she needs to make her spouse or his spouse happy. And then that's going to solve everything. And it, unfortunately, that doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Mainly because you just simply, even though somebody's telling you, this is going to make me happy. And then you do that. And, and for some happy. reason... It just doesn't make them happy. <laughs> or it, it might make them a little bit happy, but not the way you thought it was going to work. So it's, it's, it's always difficult. Yeah. You know, so I think the self-examination is always good. No question. Well, and I mean, I've always told Stacy, I'm like, look, the easy, the easy way out is to leave. You can always walk out. Like if that's if that's 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 the easy way. Ooh. Now, the hard the hard way is to is to stay, but it's also the most rewarding way is to is to is to try to when when you are, you know, obviously marriage takes on evolutions as you you know as you grow older, you know you you start out young and vibrant and mm -hmm. ready to tackle the world together and then. You know, as you grow older, you you can grow together, or you right. or you grow apart. And the idea is is how do you continue to grow together? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you continue to grow as as a team and and keep that moving forward? Right. And it's difficult. I mean, you've been married fifty six years. Fifty six years. Yep. So, and I've known your mother for five years before that. So, so sixty one. Sixty one years. And yeah. so, so how do you? I will tell you the main thing is, I mean, not the, the kill key each thing. Other. No, the key. <laughs> Don't th own a gun. The key thing <laughs> is the commitment. Is the commitment right? It's not. It's not. I mean, love is certainly an important part of a relationship. But you know, when you make a lifetime commitment, which is what marriage is supposed to be, um, you know, the commitment is what gets you through the tough times. I mean, there are times. You know, in our life, that things were pretty shitty. And, uh, you know, you think to yourself, oh, well, I could just get the hell out of here and, you know, go do something else. Right. But, you know, when you make a commitment, you make a commitment. And I, I've had plenty of friends that had that never felt the commitment or maybe might have felt it to some degree, but they didn't feel that was a lifetime promise. They just felt, well, you know, just didn't work out, so I'm going to take a hike. I think that's a poor way to operate. I really do. It kind of is, it, it may be an indication of the way you deal 
with other relationships and other situations in life, you know, just taking a walk is the easiest way to do it. I've seen it in my professional career, you know, when people more, I saw it from the posture of business uh, relationships where, you know, a partnership is just not working. And one partner felt there was a commitment and the other guy figures, hey, I'm gone, man. I'm just, I'm off to the next thing. Right. And we're going, well, wait a minute, you know, we've got all of these things and all of a sudden you realize it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's like everything else. It's like what the, the one thing I, I learned from the practicing law is that business relationships are just like marriages. They're really easy, easy, easy to get into. But man, to get out of them is a nightmare. So it would be better off if it was much more difficult to get married. Right. And simple to get a divorce. I'm just telling you, from my 56 years of experience, okay. uh, 61 years of experience, it should be much, much more difficult to get married. Much more difficult. I mean, that I don't disagree with. Yeah. But I don't know about making it simpler to get divorced. Right. Just because if it's, you know, you can just, well, right now you can take a walk. It's simple. Yeah. It's no fault, no fault divorce. You right. just, now the problem is, you know, the, it's no fault divorce to get divorced, but the property settlement is a whole different ballgame. Then, then things get very complex if right. you have any assets. Right. Well, I mean, you, you look at the state of things and what is it? So the statistic, I mean, this is me off the top of my head, something I've heard, but it's like 50% of couples that get married these days, yeah. right around that yeah. number get divorced. Yeah. So whether it's difficult or not, it's half half of the couples that are getting married are, are, are ending in divorce, which is... But the flip side is when it was very difficult to get a divorce legally, you still had lots of unhappy people. Right. And, and I'm sure, you know, there were people having affairs uh, with full knowledge on the participants' part that it was going on because the marriage was dead. Right. But legally, there wasn't any way to get out of it. Who's to say which way is better? Not us. Not us. No. Regardless, you know, as I said, you know, Stacy and I are, are pushing forward through through our lives. And, and I, I think, you know, family continues to be and always will be. A, and it shows. And what's interesting is, is, is in our children, you know, and, right. and, and both of our kids. I think that's why it was so hard. And will continue to be hard that, you know, Sarah going off to college was a, was a big, a big moment for us as it was for you guys. Uh, I mean, at least me going off to college, not so sure about my sister. Um, uh, from what I recall, as I was growing up, she, I, I think that relationship had, had, had tired. And I think you guys were just as happy for her to get out of the house as she was to leave. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, that to was, get under the that was a out mutual, from underneath the roof, a mutual agreement. <laughs> yeah. One more divorce, maybe it, that was an easy separation there. Yeah, um, but but you know, I, and looking at that, I mean, you know, I that was a big thing for me was to make sure that uh, both my children, you know, because we were, uh, you know, again parallels. My my 
my children were the same age differences that my sister and I are. And so to have to make sure that when my son was born, that it was that that we brought him into a loving household and that included his sister and that his sister knew that she was, you know, she had a responsibility towards him. Right. Um, uh, and, and, and it did and it worked and they're, they're, you know, they're as close as they can be right now. I mean, Max is, you know, a 14 year old boy and, you know, the conversations are, are brief at this, t- at this time, you know, Sarah really looks out for him and looks after him and, yeah. and that, you know, and I, I told them at the end of the day, I was like, look, I was like, I mean, you have friends, you know, and you have your mother and I, but at, at the end of the day, like it's, it's you two, like you have each other, right. like your family. That's, and there's no bond greater than, than that blood bond. Uh, and, and they've taken it to heart and, yeah. and I appreciate that. Yeah. Did you feel you had, you had that bond with your sister? No, I mean, definitely growing up, she tried to kill me on several occasions. Um, uh, and that's not an over, over dramatized in any way. Um, but I feel like as I got older and, and kind of calmed down uh, and kind of came into myself, our, our bond strengthened. And we did get very close for a time. And then... And then, you know, obviously, unfortunately, things went south for right. her. And I feel like the bond is still there. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, as especially recently uncovered some information, uh, you know, the, the videos that I sent you that we that we looked at and that talked about, you know, what someone who's a narcissist or someone who's. A, oh, yeah. Someone yeah, who's yeah. got a uh, 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 borderline personality disorder. That there's, there's, if that's what she's, if, if that's it, but, yeah. the, but it definitely, it, it feels like it's hitting the nail on the head and that there's, there's no, you know, there's no way back from that. And unless, yeah. unless she finds her way back from that. And I, you know, and this is something that I, at some point I will bring up in therapy as well. Um, but that I, I feel like, you know, cause, cause Stacy came in to our family and she was very excited because she felt like she was gaining a sister to which she never had a sibling. Sure. And so she was very excited to be able to, you know, and her and Lisa knew each other before we even got married. Um, and um, so she was excited about it. And then, you know, as things kind of progressed forward and she started to learn about the situation uh, and she never understood when I, when I basically severed my ties she she just i she could you know like felt like there was more to be done and, yeah and you know that does point, she still feel that way i think she does to an extent i think she feels like there's a lot of unresolved uh things on my side within me that that oh. she she feels like need it needs to be in somewhat some way resolved. Uh, I, I never truly felt that way. I felt I've made sort of, I mean, there are not days that there are days that go by where I'd love to be able to pick up the phone 
mm. and, 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 and talk to Lisa. There are, there are times when I'm like, I'll hear a song or, you know, a smell or whatever. There's some, you know, nostalgic moment that, that is like, wow, I'd really love to talk to her. Um, but then I know at this point where that will progress to. And so there's, there's no, you know, there's no great outcome coming out of there, unfortunately. And then there's no, and there's nothing when, when I think about it, it's like, I want to make that call because I want this out of it. But on the flip side, there's, there's nothing in return. There's mm -hmm. no, there's no, you know, there's only anger. There's only uh, sadness. There's only, right. you know, whatever, whatever she's got going on. Right. And, and um, so, well, so, then, so maybe there is a little bit of unresolved yeah. because, uh, because I do, but I'll, I think I'll always have those feelings. I mean, it's like if someone, you know, and she's not dead, but it's like if someone died, you know, wh whoever it may be, I mean, yeah, I would love to, you know, I mean, you know, if it was you and God forbid you had left this earth, I mean, I, I would miss that. I would miss our talks and our conversations and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I feel like that's always going to be the way it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, but, but to say, to, to say that I felt like that I did what I could do when I walked away from the situation that I put those boundaries in place to say, if you don't do this, I can't, you can't be a part of my life and I can no longer help you. Right. Well, you did all you could. And that was as it. Far as, I, as far as I'm concerned. I you know. Did, you went above and beyond. Yeah. Well, that, and, and, and that's. And listen, she may be in a very good place because she's not beholden to anybody. She has nobody to deal with but herself and what feels good for her. And maybe that's, maybe that's a good thing for her. Right. And she doesn't. Uh, uh, she may feel really, really good about it. The whole thing. Who yeah. Knows? No, I, I, but I mean, getting back to your question of, of, did I feel that with Lisa? I mean, so yeah, there was a time period where I had a, you know, a really strong bond with yeah. her. And I mean, I still, at the end of the day, she's my sister and she's part of my family and she, and, yeah, and sure. she, and she always will be. And, the, and there's nothing there's nothing that can break that bond for me. Well, just to, you know, to, to go back, I think there's just one important thing from my perspective that when I was growing up, I never truly understood that everything had a cost associated with it. Everything that you do in life, there's a cost, whether it's relationships or money or whatever, everything, everything in life and every decision involves some expenditure on your part. And it's, it was, that was an extremely difficult thing for me to understand because I had not grown up understanding that. I didn't have to, if, if I said I was going to do X and I didn't do X, that didn't necessarily mean that there was a cost to it. I mean, maybe there was a psychological cost, but there wasn't a true cost associated with it. It took me a long time to understand that if you know, you're going to take an action, whatever action you take or whatever action somebody else takes, that has 
invariably is going to have a cost associated with it. There may be a benefit, but there's always a cost. And I think it took me a long time to truly and understand that. And I don't think I truly understood it until the thing with Beefalo blew up. And all of a sudden, all these things became crystal clear to me that, you know, hey, I'm making these decisions without understanding all the associated costs. And uh, so I, I think that's, you know, like from your sister's standpoint, it, it became a situation where there's a cost associated with this. You know, we each time there were commitments made and broken and it didn't matter. We just kept moving to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And unfortunately, it just it can't work that way. So that's it's just good to understand that there's a cost. And if the cost is too much, you're just not going to pay it. You, know, you, you make the decision. I'm not willing to pay that cost. Right. Because the benefit. Just well, and that has a cost. Isn't too. even equivalent. <laughs> the no, cost but, of it costing. No, but you're weighing you're you're weighing in your own mind. Sure, you're weighing the cost benefit. Everything has a cost. Yep. Mm-hmm.